Hello, hello, C-Tappers. Today's episode is brought to you by the Dimension Software YouTube Learning Channel. Ever wonder what it takes to build a mobile app or start your own e-commerce store? The Dimension Software Learning Channel will teach you all things software, from strategies for better design and engineering to deep dives with the people who build software for a living and the businesses and startups that hire them to make their dreams a reality. If you, our amazing listeners, have any questions regarding your own ideas or businesses, Dimension Software is providing free 20-minute consultations to discuss anything you'd like. Feel free to email hello at dimensionsoftware.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at D-I-M-E-N-S-I-O-N-S-O-F-T-W-A-R-E dot com directly. And someone from their team will get back to you stat to get the ball rolling. And now let's get on with the show. Episode five, part two with Sergey Gordiev. Hit it. Welcome to the Call to Action Podcast, where we bring you incredible people and even more incredible stories with discussions and topics about what it takes to sacrifice everything to overcome hardships and failures to achieve success. Our guests heard the call. Now it's your turn. So they turn to Nat Geo and they, they go to Nat Geo and they go, hey, who do you have on Russia? And like two sentences in, you know, the guy that I interviewed with, he's like, you gotta meet Sergey. So that's how I got that job. Like just by ultimately by being kind to another human being, right? So what's the lesson in that? Be kind. Don't worry about how it will return to you because that's not what it's about. Just be the sunshine in this world and, and, and wonderful things will happen. In, in the physical world, opposites attract, right? Plus and minus, that's what attracts in, the, in, in physics. In spiritual world, the like attracts the like. So if you emanate kindness, kindness Powerful. will be drawn to you. If you emanate weirdness and, and dis, dissonance, dissonance will be drawn to you, right? So whatever you radiate is what you attract to you. But don't like radiate goodness just so you can get some goodness, right? Like that's manipulation, that's different. Just be the sunshine that you, the best, you know, radiant sun that you could possibly be and watch what happens. Wow, that's so that's powerful. So powerful. Yeah, yeah, man. And tell all the listeners, be the sunshine, absolutely. Um, real quickly. Hey, but- real quick though. Oh yeah, let, let me ask real quick. I've got been waiting to ask this. Uh, just the listeners will kick me in the balls if I don't go back real quick. Because <laughs> as, as we just skipped over probably one of the coolest things anyone's ever covered. Uh, I personally watched every single one of your pieces on the Russia World Cup and I learned a tremendous amount. Um, what were kind of the behind the scenes schedule? I want to I want to l- learn a little bit more about that whole experience. You know, what was a schedule like? Um, and could you cover maybe some funny moments, best worst moments? Oh my uh, god. Listen. Um people have no idea what goes on into like a couple of that's minutes exactly right. of report. People have no idea. First of all, it started a year and a half before. Wow. Well, because if you remember, uh, before the two, 2018 World Cup, there was a Confederations Cup the, 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 the summer before. Yes. And that's kind of a 
friendly games. That's kind of like a chance for the. Uh, it's more like really to drum up excitement for the World Absolutely. Cup, right? Yeah. And um, it's a chance for the uh, FIFA um, sort of officials to see that, that the country is really ready for the World Cup, to see how the it's still stadiums very prestigious. are. It's super prestigious, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, so, so half a year before the Confederations Cup, we... Um, so there are 11 cities where uh, the matches would take place. So my goal as the Nat Geo reporter for Fox Sports uh, was to bring that a, st- a human story, bring that city to life for... Now, look, this was a, 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 not an easy task. So these are like beer, you know, yielding fans. They're like, yeah, we're ready to like watch the game. And like, you know, how do you then, you know... Say St. Petersburg, it's the world's cultural capital, so it's it's home to Hermitage, <laughs> you know, one of the world's, like, second world's largest museum that dates back to 1700s. And you're like, how do you make that relevant to, like, <laughs> beer-holding fans? And that's a tough job. We us. did it. We did it. We, we had audience um, uh, focus groups that all said this was, this rocked. They loved it. They loved it. Anyway, so we totally did it. And I know we succeeded because research tells us we did awards tell us we did anyway so the point oh, is absolutely uh, the point is it started by me uh, so there's a huge team first of all right so like I'm the reporter but I work with a producer I was assigned a producer at Fox Sports I also um, you know um, selected a producer in Russia so she would basically you know dig up all these ideas so for every city we had like 10 to 15 different ideas of stories we could talk talk about in St. Petersburg it could be the Hermitage it could be you know um, cuisine it could be um, you know just one of the stories was actually vodka rooms because those were famous in St. Petersburg. And so we did a story on the vodka rooms, right? So so we, 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 but for every story that was selected, there were like five that weren't selected. So we basically, she suggests ideas. I go through these ideas. I kind of like develop them a little bit. I'm like, this is what we could say. We can do this with these characters and this. Then I send it all over to Fox and they, and National Geographic, you know, so of course, you know, there are all these cooks in the kitchen. National Geographic wants one look. Fox Sports wasn't, it wants another. And so we had to like really like tread that, you know, get it where everybody likes it. So anyway, um, so for half a year, we kept like generating story ideas and finding characters, finding places, like shoot locations and all that. So all that work that wasn't seen, right, for that tiny little minute and a half like feature, right? (laughs) Then... To shoot it, like um, we had a trial run during the Confederations Cup, but for the FIFA World Cup, we had a 10-person crew. We had myself as a reporter. We had three producers, an American producer, a Russian producer, and an assistant producer, AP. We had a person running DP, uh, running the camera. We had a second camera. We had lights. We had sound. We had security. So we had 10-person uh-huh. crew, and literally, it was 42 days. We were on air every single day. We had uh, without break, and so that was, that's how I know I can now do anything, because like having gone through that experience, I mean, when you work for 42 days straight, I mean, and my life would be Okay, so we land somewhere, right? So, so say we have a two-minute um, package that we have to produce that day, right? We, we, we're turning over a feature a day. We were on air every day. So we would land in a city. We would basically, like, parachute onto a location. We would tr- immediately start, you know, we, we would get our characters. I would start interviewing them uh, while the, the, the video guy, like, goes around and s- starts shooting B-roll, which is, you know, another word, technical word for, like, 
videos you could show as part of the package, as part of the uh, video segment. And I would then have to try to like ask questions in, you know, as an interviewer, because you can only use like 10, 15 second segments in each one, right? So, so I would have to come up with these questions and really direct the person to give us answers that we could use in these tiny little mm. slots. Then I would have to uh, um, do what's called a stand-up. That's when on location, the person who's on camera, I was on camera, so I was, that I had to choose a location and to, to, to say something as part of the story, you know, that would be interesting enough to actually be usable in a script that I would later write, but generic enough where it could be kind of placed anywhere based on how the story develops because we don't know how it will de develop. We don't know what the person will say. We don't know what we'll learn. Is this all in English? This is all in English. And we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes. Yes, I, I really, I'm very proud of the, to the Nat everybody Geo. will enjoy it. Yeah, because, uh, it, you know, Nat Geo put 25 of the stories on their site in one place. And it's it's like being able to tour Russia with Sergey in like under an hour. And they're all like... I've, I've rewatched them actually. And I actually have a few that I saw you on TV live and I recorded with my phone a bit. And it was just, it's, I just watched it just the other day. It was phenomenal, man. Thank you. It's Thank you. That means phenomenal. a lot. A lot of work went into that. So, so we would do this. So, like, and and then, so you have to write the script as you're going along, as you're on camera. You have to look good. You have to look rested. You have to like not look like with bags under your eyes. You have to actually not look sweaty and tired. You know. Meanwhile, you just you're on the plane all the time. So you know. So you sleep four or five hours a day. You hit the ground running. Then you take the footage that you shot. You go back to the hotel. You start translating because the interviews were in Russian. I, I translate the interviews, I transcribe the interviews, I choose the bytes that we use, I write the um, actual um, uh, script, then I voice the script, we throw it all at the editor, we plan with the producers what the next day is like, we go to sleep for a few hours, or we get, get on a plane and fly, and then wake up in another city, and we do it all again the next day. And we did this for 42 days straight. I mean, uh, at the end of the, people were like dropping with exhaustion. People were being sent back home early, you know, so that's, um, you know, uh, that's what we uh, ended up do you have, doing. Yeah. Do you have any funny moments that happened there that were just like completely outrageous, like, or, or strange or? Listen, it's whenever you crisscross <laughs> a foreign country, you know, with 10 people, half of them Russian, half of them American, you know, <laughs> all over, you know, changing cities every day, they're, they're bound to be some funny moments. I mean, look, um, there were real kind of like stressful moments also. Like, well, first of all, we, we had, you know, 20 carts of equipment with us. I mean, we had two red cameras, we had all this lighting equipment, we had everything. Like, the reason it looks so good is because, like, there, there are 20 carts that take, like, two hours to actually load onto a plane, like, and check in for that flight. And we, we kept doing that all the time. You know, uh, one time, um, uh, one of the pieces we did was in Sochi, and um, we had this piece in mind about um, just, uh, the piece was about how people were adapting after the Olympics. And the, the, per, the person could not speak at all. Uh, and actually, um, even a better like, or a crazier situation was when we shot the vodka rooms. Because um, St. Petersburg is 
home, like, you know, like we, we have coffee shops, they have uh, vodka rooms. Like you go in, you take a shot and you go on about your day, right? That's what we do. <laughs> and so awesome. we, we selected three vodka rooms and uh, as our character, I selected one writer who, um, you know, is like esteemed sort of, I was like, he could do the cultural context. And one guy actually is an online expert in, like he's a vodka rooms tour guide, right? So he's like the one guy who gives tours on this vodka room. So I was like, cool, I'm in good hands. So I was like, the setup was, you know, I left Russia when I was 15, so I didn't get like to experience the drinking part of Russia. But you know, we've enlisted a couple of experts to help us make up for lost time. So, and they take us through the you know <laughs> vodka rooms. So the the vodka rooms guide got so nervous that he was being shot on National Geographic. He got he went he was pissed drunk. He was not able to put two <laughs> words together. He was like, like literally he could not complete a sentence. And I was like, oh, that's me no. in an hour. And that's horrible. And that and then the writer was so fl- flowery with his words. And I was like, there is no way for us to like actually use any of what he's saying because it's so long. It's it's unusable. It's like a minute and a half piece, and we have to cover three locations. And I was like, shit, what do we do? And so quite literally, I went into like an overdrive mode. I literally like wrote out exactly what everybody had to say. And I would like hold the, the person, the, the guide. I was like, say this, you know. So we, and literally like it was, we, we took take after take after take after take of him trying to say like the three words I would have him say. Because then, you know, it was just a nightmare. And, and the interesting moment was like in the first vodka room, we, we kept doing, and, and the, the camera guy, like, always keeps taking different, you know, especially, especially if you get a perfectionist, always the different shots. Oh, I didn't get the shot. I didn't do this. I did this. Do this now. Do this now. Now with this light. And so I was, like, sitting there, like, like okay. a shot for you. And I was like, Vodka. I was like this, like this, like this. Every with, time. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, basically, I realized at one point that I haven't eaten all day, that I just took seven straight shots of vodka because the camera what guy could not... What are you complaining not... about? Listen, um, that was one of two um, things we had to shoot that day. I'm just, what I'm complaining about <laughs> is the fact that... And it was the first one? It was the Who first... Who planned that? Listen, um, I realized that I just had seven shots of vodka in me on an empty stomach and we had two more to go and the people I was with were in no condition. Whoa. And professionalism. I pulled through. The second Hell thing, yeah, you did. The second, and and it's a, it's a cool piece in the end. Um, but but the very last shot, I'm literally like, I'm not even like, it, it's a slow mo, because I, I I couldn't even speak. I was so drunk at that point. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I was not even making sense. So we just like had my voiceover over like my super like stupid drunk shot. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we can link this up in the show notes. So um, you will see it. You will see that last shot, and you will know exactly what happened. Anyway, um, <laughs> the other thing is, I did a uh, for the Confederations Cup. I did a thing about the Cossack baths in in St. Petersburg. So you can actually do links for both the uh, because they have both the Confederations Cup, like fourteen pieces we did for them uh, that year, and we have twenty five pieces for the World Cup. Cool stuff. Anyway, the the baths that was weird because. Um, Okay, so Russian baths are really intense. You put like water on the hot stones. It's it's an insanely hot room. They beat you with the branches, they and beat it's like you, which I, which I like, which is amazing, right? You um, kinky suck. The, the problem they throw, they throw ice on you sometimes, which well, is fun. or you jump into ice cold pool. So I was like Even actually better. sick at that point because I was just off the plane. I was like really like not well, but we were shooting this. Okay, I put my you know pull myself together. So we go in and and so we have to shoot um, 
me being sort of like beaten with the, you know, in a super hot room. The only problem is if the room is actually hot, then the lens of the camera fogs up. So we couldn't do have the room hot. So I am sick. I'm like laying on that bench. We're pretending like the room is actually hot. Meanwhile, but but the the the, the, the branches, they're wet. So cold, I'm being beaten with cold, wet branches in a cold room. I'm cold and I'm like, shit, like somebody get me some like warm shower or something you know and i'm like and so we had to take after take after take i had to sit there like ah like you know as if like i'm really you know having this blissful moment in a hot room meanwhile i'm like shivering from cold being beaten by wet cold branches and then i have to jump into the ice cold pool and then they kept like the perfectionist cameraman he was like oh i need to get the sun bunnies playing on the back wall and so he kept like trying to get the sun bunnies just so so i had to do it like six no seven times i had to jump into the ice cold pool by the end of it i squealed i was like this is turning our day for national geographic i like couldn't even say it in normal voice you'll see it you know and so in the end like i was and they would throw me in the hot shower in between takes just so that i could like speak yeah that was uh, and we're gonna come the baths visit you we're gonna do this again we're gonna do the vodka rooms and we're gonna do baths afterwards with our ctap listeners oh. uh, we're gonna do it and do it live this oh my god happened. amazing stuff. so on that note did you kind of like bringing it back to your past being from russia um did you take away anything really impactful and powerful from that whole experience being in Russia for the World Cup and feeling proud of your country for pulling something off so extravagant and so important to the world? And I don't know, did, did you change at all your perspective of the country you've left for so long or or was it just kind of another day in the in the office for you? Definitely not another day in the office. It has changed me. Trans. It doesn't transform. I didn't become a, a different person, but it has enriched me. It, you know, everything we do, it becomes a permanent part of us, you know, and as an aside, this is just a side note to everyone out there listening and to you guys, you know, it's important what we take in. It's even more important what we don't, what yes. we shouldn't take in because, you know, think of it like, like a reservoir that you put things in and whatever you put in stays there forever. You can't ever unexperience what you've experienced. You can't ever unhear what you heard, unsee what you've seen, untake, expunge what you've taken in, right? Just like we wouldn't eat garbage, except when we eat garbage, you know, our body can expel the garbage that we eat, you know, and, and get rid of it. Our brain can't. So we have to be really, so this is just kind of like a side note, be careful what you take in, this is important. But whatever we consume stays with us forever. So your, your question is like, did it transform me? No, but it became a permanent part of me in a huge way. And here is the way in which it really enriched me and will always stay with me. I really felt it viscerally, uh, the following, that just how alike we all are. We're so much more alike than 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 we realize or some people would care to yes. to realize right but at the same time in our so we have the same you know desires we all want you know to live a good life we want to make a good living for us we want to provide for our families we want to have you know happy children we want to like fight you know for our dreams and achieve what we want like so people are really fundamentally the same right so we are not that different so part of my reporting was to show that just how not weird and not alien russians are right but at the same time in showing how same we all are, 
I kind of also realized just how unique we each are in our... So we have these same concerns, the same worries, same hopes and dreams, same love that we want or, you know, to give or want to, you know, experience or, or take, you know, but we, we each are such a unique manifestation of, you know, a spiritual human being in this human form. And so it just, it, it really gave me a, a, a respect like, it, it, I always had this deep respect for human beings, but it just made me experience it in such a profound way. And that's what I tried to, in a lighthearted way, also deliver in my packages. Like, if you watch them, you'll see that each one of them, that there's an invisible thread that runs through all of them. And the thread is my love for people. And I was hoping to, in telling people stories or like unfolding the, the characters or a characteristic of a certain city, you know, I, I, it sounds corny, but my life's purpose, and specifically in these reports as well, I formulated to myself as awaken the love in the hearts of people. That's my mission. You know, that's what I do in everything that I do. That's kind of like an underlying hope, right? To awaken love in the hearts of people, meaning the energy, like what's love? Love is energy. Love is an exchange of energy. Like when a positive charge of energy emanating, you know, from a person to another person or being felt between people. It's a positive charge of positive energy, right? And so awaken people's hearts to the fact that like each person is divine, really. Like it, it's fascinating to to see a, how, how we're all the same, yet we're all different and, you know, showing those stories. So um, it, it didn't change me. It just deepened my love and respect for people, for every person on this planet, and specifically for Russia, because I love my country. I am a proud Russian. I, um, I'm not Russian as in like, Russians are great and Americans aren't. I'm both Russian and American by both culture and by citizenship, right? Uh, you know, so I deeply, deeply love America for all the things that it has given me and, and inspired in me and the spirit of entrepreneurship and the spirit of, you know, the, the, the values of freedom and democracy and like the things that may not necessarily always manifest, but at least are at the core of this country, of the intention for this country to be, right? Yes. And I love Russia and Russian culture and I love Russian soul and the spirit and the depth and the spirituality, all those things that I, you know, arts. I love Russia. So, you know, I, so my goal yeah. in all of this was to basically just show pe to people just so that they realize how awesome they each are, you know, these cultures and so and true. Yeah. It's a it that's a very healthy perspective, you know. You see on these movies constantly the bad guy is Ivan this Russian assassin that wears a Adidas jumpsuit and drinks vodka. Like I'm really tired of seeing that narrative. I want to see what you're talking about. I would like to see somehow the the union of the cultures and that's no true words have been spoken especially in this time right now with the the virus being so consuming of what everyone is as you said you can control what you take in and and what you don't and right now everyone's taking in the news and how you know this COVID-19 coronavirus is is the the, the worst thing that's ever happened and it's all these it, it is terrible don't get me wrong yeah. but I think your perspective and, and a really 
one of the reasons why having you on now, uh, giving hope to the listeners through your story and just your, your positive personality is so critical in that, you know, it's just what you take in and what you don't take in is is so true and with all the the fake news stuff and all the someone's pushing agenda like i just wanted to give a different yes funnel of communication and this is really important what you just said the the important and awesome takeaway from this is that you get to choose the type of experience you have in this life through what you pay attention to. So it's a very simple thing to conceptualize actually, because think of like, as an example, think of a dark room, right? And you have a flashlight, a beam of flashlight, right? So in this room, there's like furniture, there's chairs, there is maybe like dead bodies, there is whatever it is in this room, you know? There is maybe a rose, maybe there's a pile of poop in this room. So you have the flashlight, the room is dark. Whatever you direct your flashlight to is, you know, what you see. So if you like, choose Hmm. a rose, then that's all you see. You see a room full of flowers, right? Like, or you you imagine that that's all there is in the room, but that's what you're paying attention to. For you right now, it's a beautiful flower. You direct it to a pile of poop. And if you keep it on that pile of poop, that's (laughs) all you ever experience in that room because that's all you'll see because that's the one thing that you can see in the light of your attention. So our attention is like a beam of light. Whatever we direct our attention to grows and expands. That's what, you know, it's like there's that little um, parable where, you know, a little boy asks, you know, um, you know about good and evil and the, the, the wise man says, well, in the heart of every person there, is, there are two wolves fighting, you know, good, good and evil, you know, and, and the boy asks, well, well which, which wolf, you know, wins, in, you know, in this fight? And the, the, the wise man smiles and says, always the wolf you feed. So which, whichever one you feed is the one that wins. So whatever you pay attention to is what expands for you. What you choose to be, to focus and seek is what you will find. So, you know, in communication, even with the most difficult people, the most wounded people, the most, you know, cantankerous and dissonant and angry people, you know, whatever kind of people we may encounter, you know, the first step to changing that for you is to look for the good in them. And if it's not apparent, look harder. If, if you don't find it still, then be thankful for the lesson they're teaching you. Like, you know, perhaps they're teaching you what happens when you dishonor yourself for so long then all that remains is bitterness, you know? Or what happens when you ignore your needs where your needs are shouting and screaming and that's all that, that the outside world sees, right? So still, even for that lesson, be grateful. And for that, be grateful. And, and at least you're now not angry at that person, but you're beaming uh, an energy of gratefulness and positivity and perhaps compassion, perhaps an understanding. You know, that, that, that soothing balm of you've been seen and heard, you know? not necessarily validated in your bad behavior, but at least you're being seen and heard. That solves like half conflicts in the world, just letting people feel seen and heard. Would you say that, you know, not everybody is going to have this natural ability such as yourself to be able to just chase the positivity in life. Uh, There's some people, you know, myself included, sometimes I find myself struggling to just allow myself to just be happy. It's, It's this weirdest thing. And I have to find time to sit myself down and I actually have a little bit of background in meditation as well but I'd like to get your thoughts on maybe giving that advice to somebody that doesn't naturally have that ability to be able to chase the positivity you know what what are some things they could be doing meditatively um 
to, to be able to channel that energy? Okay. Um, quite simply, you have to decide what you want. Uh, I'm going a little bit back uh, to the beginning of what you said because you said, well, sometimes, like, I want to be happy, but I can't be happy. Well, if you want to be happy, you'll be happy. Very simply. Like, you know, it's funny, I use my mother as an example. You know, sometimes she'll complain and complain and complain and be like, well, why are you so bitter? She's like, well, the reality is bitter. What am I supposed to do? Just jump around and be happy about it? I'm like, and, and, and in the course of the conversation, it just turns out that she just wanted to complain. And, it, and that's all, she, that was the mechanism through which she um, felt listened to and paid attention to, right? Validated in her feelings. And, you know, and, and it takes a bit of self-awareness to understand that. But, but bottom line is, like, some people don't want to be happy. They want to be miserable, so they have something to, like, bitch about, right? Like, and that's, that's not because they choose it, but be, be, because that's what's familiar to them. That's what's comfortable to them. They know it. The, rather than leap into the unknown of actually trying to change the way you process and metabolize what, what happens around you, right? You just go for the familiar. You know, again, my mom, you know, for very her, true. the familiar road is like suffering and, you know, being a victim. That's a very common, you know, pattern that we find ourselves in. So I think the root, your question was like, if I understood it correctly, um, was like, okay, sometimes people, it comes easy to people to be positive and seek positive. Sometimes it's not so easy. What can we do? Yeah. Right? It's not easy. You always find what you seek. I set it out for myself. I made a lifelong practice of it. Like I've actually trained myself like a dog to respond to everything that happens to me with gratitude. I just trained myself to say thank you no matter what, even if it feels shitty and awful. I was like, you know, I would just sometimes laugh at myself like in disbelief as I was like forcing myself to say thank you. But then you, you stick to it. And then, then it, the, the key is if you look long and hard enough for something good in every situation, you will find it. You just need the discipline and resolve and the desire to do it. So, so if you want to be positive, you will be positive because that's what you'll be looking for and that's what you'll be finding, number one. Number two, meditation. Um, meditation is an amazing tool. Here's how it works. Um, we, our brain, um, well, just a little bit of a, a sidestep, it's important. Uh, it's about, we said we would talk about self, right? So we're, we're talking about bettering the self or like, you know, balancing the self. What is the self, right? So uh, um, a simple way to think about it is like an apartment with roommates, right? So we, you know, think of ourselves as a house, an apartment with lots of rooms in it. One roommate is the brain. The brain is in charge of everything. The brain wants to control everything. The brain wants to explain everything away. So the brain is logical thinking the brain. That's one roommate. Uh, another roommate is the body. The body has its own needs. And it's, you know, if, if, if those needs go neglected long enough, then they will be no, like when you have to pee, all your spiritual growth like goes to the side, all your, your everything, your ego, you just need to get to the bathroom. Like, like that's it. When the body's needs are not met, it will demand that they are, right? So there's the body with its own reality and needs. Then there is your ego, a very important one because it can, mm -hmm. when it gets unruly, it terrorizes all the other roommates. It just <laughs> goes out of control sometimes because it wants to be validated. It wants to be important. It's yourself. It's your understanding of self in this lifetime, right? It's your essence mm -hmm. of who you are, right? Your consciousness. So ego wants always to be validated, right? And when it's out of 
bounds, it can wreak havoc. Then there is your eternal soul, the divine in you, like your spirit, right? That's, you know, a, a roommate that's there, right? Another roommate may be your emotions. Another roommate may be your um, inner child that was wounded when you were small, right? So all these parts of you, you are a community of these roommates and if at any moment you know like one of them goes like out of control and ego wants to just like you know all the roommates are like hiding in the rooms and he goes out there on you know on a rampage you know if that's what it is then you know how to deal with that person you know if 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 the um you know like the brain starts terrorizing everybody and be like okay i have to explain everything it's not not logical and the emotions are like well but that's how i feel and it's like no you don't get to feel anything you know so that's so understanding that the different parts of us that, that we're not one person and by the way this helps explain when sometimes you want one thing and you know but you also want another thing how could it be well the answer is that different parts of you may have different needs and different ones just being aware of that is super super helpful in both dealing with yourself and with others you asked about meditation so one excellent and cool thing that meditation does is that when you basically get still when you Close your eyes, and the reason we close our eyes is because 80% of we take in information through our senses. We have five of them. Uh, we have the eyes, the, the smell, the taste, the touch, and hearing, right? So when 80% of all information comes through the eyes, so when we shut off a huge like fire hydrant of information coming at us, we basically cut off that stream of information that distracts us, right? So what we do is we get still. We, we cut off, like, hopefully the sounds and we're not, a, you know, distracted by the sounds. Hopefully we're not doing this in a cold or hot environment where the body's like, I can't do this, right? Like, so we, we get everything in optimal sort of non-distracted state. And by being still, what that allows you to do is to balance all different parts of you. So if any part of you that has not been heard or has not been validated or has not been addressed or has not been noticed, that will, if gone unnoticed or untended to, will like totally go out of control. Because when any part of ourselves is neglected, it goes, it, it demands you know, to be seen, right? Or to be validated or to be tended to. So, so it allows you to, to take a listen to yourself, to take a, an inner scan, right? And you don't have right. to be like actually scanning the different parts of your personality. No, that's not what meditation is about. It's about basically relaxing and trying to be and be in balance. You know, I love Jane Fonda's um, saying when she says, we're not meant to be perfect, we're meant to be whole. And yeah. that means, what does it mean to be whole? It means to be in balance, where all those roommates feel seen and heard and validated and live in peace with each other. When you're not, you know, freaking out for any reason, you know, when, when you're actually giving yourself a time to settle and to, if any part of you has not been heard, guess what? In the meditation, it will come out. You'll, you'll, you'll notice it. You'll listen to it. And just that healing balm of awareness and attention will heal that part of you that if gone unnoticed or intended to will just go nuts and will will totally upset your life cause you to be crazy and do crazy things and be in discomfort and disbalance right so it you know so it's kind of like the spiritual view of what we're doing uh on a physiological level quite simply like it's scientifically measured that it helps people with pain management it helps people with hypertension it helps people with like sometimes like with mental um and and clearly if it, if it allows you to like 
normalize all the different parts of you. Obviously, it helps people with mental disorders as well. Uh, it also, like, I use it sometimes just to fall asleep because my mind races, races, races. All I do is I shut my eyes and it, thoughts come. They will. It, the brain, only a Absolutely. dead brain doesn't produce thoughts. You know? So thoughts will be there. But you, again, you, you, engage, you don't engage with them. So it's not about not having thoughts. You have a living brain. But when thoughts come, they just like clouds that pass by. You notice them, you observe them, and you, but you don't engage with them. You don't grab onto them. You like you develop that thought. You know, like oh, well, that person. Well, he said that. Okay, he said that. Whatever. Or like, ooh, I should have said that. I should. Have said, oh, actually, I'm gonna call him right after this meditation. You know, like that's an engagement, right? So you don't engage with the thoughts. You just observe them, right? And that's what it, it's a it's a neutral. It's a rest. It's a way for your body and mind and soul to reset. And that's why it has physical tangible results for your body that are good you know so you sleep better you you have less disease also stress stress is huge it's like the leading cause we have an epidemic of stress now coronavirus is not the only epidemic big time epidemic of stress and that's a huge thing it leads to all sorts of diseases to cancer to 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 heart disease you know the number one killer i believe is heart disease and you know um doctors you know so what what you do is this we're always stressed slash scared you know and so we're always in fight or flight mode where we have this low-grade inflammation that's happening because we're always in this like cortisol you know adrenaline we're like Right. pissed off and, and stressed about something, right? And so that meditation helps diffuse that because for a moment you disengage from that constant feeding of information that causes you stress and stress response, right? So you, you, you disconnect from that for a moment and that heals you. It's good. It's a good thing. It's, it's, I use it as a major tool in my professional and personal life. Do you use any particular app like Headspace or Calm or do you practice this? I practice mantra-based meditation that I learned in India. Before that, I literally was on uh, Oprah and Deepak's uh, app where, you know, they have wonderful ones and and they're... Guided meditations where they kind of like talk you through What they do is and... they, they give you a concept, you know, they have different ones for good health, for good relationships, you know, they, they make mm. you think about certain things or how to Contextualize manage Contextualize it. They contextualize it. So what they do is they give you a mantra. It's also mantra-based meditation. Now, mantras are these words in Sanskrit uh, that mean certain things and they have been observed to not Mm. only like when you say it, the meaning of it helps you kind of chill, but also um, it helps the the certain, it carries a vibration that has a healing effect on you, right? So you repeat a certain mantra to help you kind of get into a flow, then you stop and then you're in silence. So the point of meditation is to be in silence, in deep silence, to disconnect from all of this. Anyway, and so that's, that's, that's how it works. You, you say certain mantras, then you observe a period of quiet and silence, then you end. That's it. So, so for me, that, that's how I do it. I, I use some mantras, some words in Sanskrit to get me to a place of calm and quiet. And then I sit in the quiet, let the quiet do its healing work. And then, you know, my timer goes off and I go back to my life. How long do you meditate for daily? You know, uh, it's a good question because honestly, it's, it's, it's like to ask, well, how long should you exercise or how long should you sleep? The, the answer True. is every body is different. Every body's body, every person's body has different needs. Some people, 
like for me sometimes, and also at different times they have different needs. So for me sometimes all I need is like a three minute check back in with myself and I'm good, right? Sometimes I sit there for an hour and I'd be like, oh, damn it, you know, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. it's not doing it for me, you know? So what, what, what most scientists recommend for people to, on average, to experience the benefit of meditation is a 20 to 25 minute period where, because it takes you 10, five to 10 minutes to just settle, to, to Calm quiet, down. To yes. quiet, for the brain to get used to the fact that these thoughts are not going to be developed, for you not to, for, for the brain to keep producing the thoughts, and you're like, okay, you're letting them pass, and the brain gets bored, basically, and stops producing thoughts, you know, <laughs> if you're not engaging with each one that it feeds you, right? So, it takes five to ten minutes to just basically quiet down and get into a state of, like, calm and quiet, uh, and, and then, say, 10, 15 minutes in that state are really healing for you. Uh, that, that's what research shows. So if you can manage 20 to 25 minutes, that's awesome. But even if it's just five minutes of shutting the hell up, you know, like sitting down and closing your eyes, that even that is better than nothing. Yeah. So all you people stressing out about this COVID, channel your inner energy, take his advice, take 10 minutes, 15 minutes to yourself, channel what you listen to, what you don't. And, uh, that's just sound advice, honestly, for, for anybody, even even post-COVID. I, I utilize a lot of these things that you're talking about. It's just like music to my ears uh, kind of throughout the day. I probably meditate. I don't meditate every day. Uh, I used to. I used to do 10 minutes in the morning first thing when I woke up and then 10 minutes when I went to bed um, for, for years, probably about three, four years straight. And it took time to like get that gut, that, that endurance to be able to kind of just, okay, when I put my headphones on, I put a towel over my eye and I, and I laid down like my body, you got to a point where my body would just like automatically know I'm going into shutdown. But it took probably six months to get to a point where I could do that pretty easily. Um, but my goodness, it's just, it's amazing advice. Um, and you know, we, we've had you on here for a good, good amount. It's, it's late where you are, but you know, as, as we wrap up and thank you so much for just sharing everything there's not enough time in the world to get through everything right now especially with this so we'll, we'll save it for next time for all the other things we didn't quite get to but um could we wrap up with a few takeaways for that hungry journalist uh that young aspiring news anchor podcast host <clears throat> uh or just simply someone struggling to find purpose in life uh with their respective occupation you know what what are some things you would just like three pointers just say this this and this nothing else matters what are those three takeaways you'd give to, advice to those people yes so like i said the most okay there are lots of professional tips for a starting out journalist, but there are also things that will help anyone become their best self, right? And the first step always is to listen. Uh, you have to start by listening to yourself and trying to hear what you are trying to tell yourself. There are certain things that make you, this, that, that spark a spark inside you, that make you make your heart beat a little faster, that light you up on the inside, pay attention. Listening, you don't just listen with your ears, listen with your heart, with your, with your chest, with your gut, with your feelings, right? Like how does your body change when you do that one thing that really lights you up? And then once you find that thing or a couple of those things that light you up, like 
physically a little bit, then, then, then those are the things that you should work on expanding. And don't worry about success because success in terms of validation or being able to earn money with it, you know, um, it's not about like when you die and quite morbidly, we, we all will die. When we die, we don't think about like accolades or rewards or, you know, oh, I had a great career. That's not what we think about. Like almost invariably, there, there have been studies where people actually have, you know, conducted this research. Um, what do people really remember most when they are about to go, when they're saying goodbye to their lifetime here on earth? Invariably, like almost every single person from different cultures, different upbringings, different ethnicities, different uh, countries, they all said the same thing. The moments of true excitement and, and, and love for some, when they were doing something they truly loved or moments spent with other people. So, mm. so pay attention to those things that light you up. Don't go on autopilot and don't get into a rat race for 15 years so that then once you go to a regional you know, uh, assistant producer, then you jump markets you know, and hope to make it back to New York in like 15 or 20 years. D don't do that because in the process you may just, your soul may die. And you might never regain that light, that, that little pilot light of excitement that's in you. So the first step is three things, right? One, just listen to yourself. And once you hear what it is that you hear, the second step is shower positive attention on it. Do it. Find any opportunity to do it, whatever it is. If you're a podcaster, do the podcasts for free for 15 years if you have to. But, but find the thing that doesn't feel like work. Then, then those 15 years that you do it, you know, while you have a day job and that affords you the ability to do this, which is what you love, it'll be like a rest. It'll be the thing that will get you through that day job, right? And, and if, if you do it enough and, and with enough love and it will yield results. Don't worry about results. So step two, do that thing. Step one, listen for the thing that lights you up. Step two, do that thing find a way to do it, right? Like no matter mm -hmm. what, no matter how, you know, um, don't worry about networking. Don't worry about climbing the ladder. Don't worry about, you know, um, getting, you know, super productive at it. Just enjoy doing it. And your body and brain will optimize for doing it the best way possible. And before you know it, you will find your, if, if this is what you're here to do, the universe will find a way to support you. Simple as that. The third thing that, honestly, and it's, it might be corny and cheesy, but honestly, joy. My third step is joy. And here's the reason that um, uh, I'm very fascinated by the brain. Uh, brain is a whole another podcast or series of podcasts that we could, you know, spend on. But, but very simply and briefly... Um, our brain is a fascinating universe. Things happen in the brain that we have no idea about, right? Like uh, researchers did this thing where like we say we are hosts to our brain, but really, meaning like we, we, we say my brain, but um, really it's kind of like we belong to the brain. It's, it's more like that. That's what research is finding because they, they did this thing where they, they gave a brain um, a task and the brain solves the task. Then 30 seconds later, the brain kind of sends us the message, yeah, the task is solved. And then right after, it sends a follow-up message. Yeah, you solved the task. So basically, the brain is playing with us. The brain is a whole separate thing. But from what little we know about the brain, what we're discovering now, the idle time 
uh, or just times of just enjoyment, right? Non-productive times. Those are the times that, that yield moments of genius, moments of insight, moments that, that it's basically being lazy and, and mucking around and doing nothing. It's not like people, productive people look down on that because they say, oh, you're not using every second, you know, to working towards that thing that you're supposed to be working on. My third advice, my third piece of advice is let go of that crippling mindset. Allow yourself moments of idleness. Allow your, yourself moments of freedom when you're not gripped by solving something or doing something or making sure this is, you know, you're using every second of every day towards your dream. Um, allow yourself some vacuum, vacuous spaces because these are the spaces in which magic happens. 100%. And have some joy in the process. Beautiful. That's so powerful, man. Thank you so much. Hey, before we let you off and, and get this badass outro we have for you, plug your social media, website, uh, anything where your listener, our listeners can find you and, and uh, let us know, is there anything in the near future we can look forward to seeing you on? Or, you know, do you have a YouTube channel? or? Um, I um, accept... <laughs> The, the friendly challenge of because you know I've been meaning to start a YouTube channel because I have so I've learned so much and I would love to share it with out with people out there because I hope it will help them too. Um, promise I'll get myself together and start doing that. In the meantime, I have a website. It's www.sergey.nyc. It's very easy. S E R G E Y. Sergey, that's my name, .nyc, because I live in New York City. So that's my website. Uh, my handle on Instagram is at sergey.nyc. I use my Instagram as kind of like a blog post for my life and the things that I discovered that excite me. I share it with uh, people on Instagram. Um, and um, when I launch my YouTube channel, it'll be something having to do with communication, I'm sure, because that's my passion. He's a dirty dancing, spiritual gangster, the most positive human being walking the earth, a man made for pure stardom. He heard the call and took action. Sergey, thank you so much for coming on our show and being our very first virtual guest. Thank you. What an amazing guest and conversation that was with Sergey. We can't thank him enough here at Call to Action Podcast. That was incredible insight into moving from another country to adapting to a new culture and just chasing your dreams and never settling, uh, finding peace within the hard moments in life and just being able to carry on at your best ability and just be your best self. So thank you so much, Sergey, for spending a little over two hours with us. Also, please, if you want to show support, smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you think. We want honest feedback. Let us know how we're doing. And if you're feeling extra positive, go to Apple Podcast app, maybe even a five-star review. It would mean the world to us. One last note, we do have a mobile app on the Apple App Store for Call to Action Podcast. We're utilizing and showcasing a new technology we've been playing with. So go check that out, download it, let us know what you think there, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm your host, Ben, and this is Call to Action Podcast, Command Q. Ah!